What is up, podcast listeners? Thank you for giving me a few moments of your day to listen to this podcast. This is the Matt Baxter Show. I'm your host, Matt Baxter, and this podcast is about purpose, passion, and calling. Super stoked to have you as a listener because we're going to dive into some awesome, intense stories about people who are going through this journey of this thing called life, and we're all just figuring this out together. But seriously, you're giving me a little bit of your time, and I want to make sure it's valuable and worthwhile. So have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was getting this podcast off the ground, we first started as the Wedgecast, evolved into the Matt Baxter Show. There was a lot of questions that we had, like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show in all the different places like Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, Zencaster, all these different places. And yet it just seemed very, very complicated. But the simple thing for us as we began to navigate the waters is the answer to every single one of these questions, questions excuse me, was really simple. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. Yeah, free. And it's ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise in your podcast. That means you can get paid podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, making money. Okay, it's sweet. It's easy. It's not a big cheap plug on an ad, but it's just simple and easy to use. So for us, it's one of the best parts about it is we can do it entirely remote or in studio. So you can record, you've got that really, really high, you know, high in the sky person that you're going to have as a guest on your podcast. You got to do it remote. Anchor is easy to use. You got people who are willing to come to your studio, your house, your office, wherever you're recording it. Boom. Anchor. Love it. Simple, easy, simple and easy to use. So if you ever want to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. Yo, yo, yo. I'm hanging out with Amanda Slavin on this episode of the Wedgecast. I'm stoked for her because she actually just released a book today. It's called The Seventh Level. In our podcast, we break down this. It's She talks about empathy. She talks about relating. She talks about different skill sets. I mean, it's just awesome to hear her break down in this podcast, the seven different levels that she also is releasing into a book. She is running a marketing company. She's doing public speaking. She's a wonder woman. She's having a child. I mean, I, I don't understand how, A, she has all the time in the day. Secondly, she has the energy. So, this podcast is awesome, got me fired up, and I'm just very, very excited and, and just hopeful for the book that she has coming out and uh, everything she has going on. So Amanda, thank you for being a guest on the Wedgecast. Well, Amanda, thanks for being a guest on the podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited we were able to make it work. So from what I can tell, uh, you seem kind of like a Wonder Woman. So you're Forbes 30 under 30. You're coming out with a book. Uh, you're running this awesome marketing company. I mean, what, what aren't you doing well? Well, I'm also pregnant. Wow. <laughs> Good. Add, add super mom into the equation. That makes it even better. I'm Congrats. Seven, seven months pregnant. So I'm doing that, but I, I don't have a baby yet. So I'm not a current mom. So that's what I'm not doing. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the process. You're in the process. Love it. Exactly. So, so this is like a Chris. Well, you're doing two months. So by my math, that's like Christmas. Uh, yeah, January. Well, January 8th. So it's actually funny. This pregnancy is 10 months. No one tells you that until it happens. Um, so it's more like mid January. But yes, I pretty much will will be starting to not necessarily move as much in, in mid December. Love that. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. Super excited for you. 
Oh, me too. Thank you so much. And it's definitely been like launching two babies because the book, you know, not to say that, um, you know, I think once I go into labor, I'll realize that it's a little bit harder to have an actual baby than to write a book, but yeah. writing a book is also a little challenging. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So, so I mean, we'll obviously dive into the book a little bit, but, but tell, I'd love just to hear your story, your background, sort of what led up to the book and being a mom and running a company. I mean, what's, what's the backstory? So I, um, I have a master's in education in curriculum and instruction. I was a teacher. Um, and during my year, uh, you know, teaching first grade, I really was, it was during my master's year, I really wanted to focus more on what it looks like for children to really be engaged and connected to what they were learning about. Because as a student, for me, I was not necessarily as engaged. I, I would rather kind of talk to my friends and socialize than focus um, on the work at hand. And I think it was really because I, I just wasn't engaged in, in the learning process. And I was always, I always excelled, but it wasn't something that, again, I, I would rather, I found socializing more fun than having to sit in my seat all day and be told when to talk. So I, uh, I ended up studying engagement during my master's year. And uh, I wrote my thesis on something called the seventh level. And it was an engagement framework to, to measure engagement, to understand engagement, what it looked like, um, again, with, with, when it comes to learning um, as, as, as students and as it pertains to students and, and their experiences within the classroom. And then I ended up in nightlife and hospitality shortly after. Um, and that's the longer story. Sounds like, I was about to say, um, that just sounds like a very natural <laughs> transition. Go from uh, yes. master's thesis to nightlife entertainment, of course. Yep. Yeah, I, I always say, like, my kind of my claim to fame is I say, like, it's, you know, it's, it's actually not much different getting the attention of six-year-olds and getting the attention of drunk thinkers um, because they're, they're very, they have very little attention spans. So the idea that I could, like, sell math to a six-year-old, I realized that I can kind of sell anything to anyone. Um, and so, yeah, so, you know, and, and what I ended up, I, my story is much longer because I was throwing events since I was you know, 20 years old. I lived near New York City. Um, so I would be going to college um, and then I would be coming back during like the weekends and the holidays and, you know, during the winter breaks and the summers and I would throw events on the side to make money. So by the time I had graduated, it was the worst recession of, you know, that I had lived through. Um, and so I ended up in the hospitality industry just because I was kind of always living this like dual life. So it wasn't as crazy, you know, as like this huge jump. But when I was applying for jobs, I had had some internships in the events industry, as well as obviously tons of experience in the education industry. Um, and then people would ask me like, what, like, what kind of experience do you have that you could even bring to, you know, events and to marketing and to branding. And, and that is what I would always say is this idea of if I can garner the attention of a room of six-year-olds for like eight hours a day, it's not difficult for me to get the attention of someone enough to sell them something or, you know, to create an experience for them, et cetera. So I ended up in the hospitality industry for um, about five years, opening restaurants and nightclubs um, all over the country. And in that process, I used that same engagement framework. So I, I started to analyze the behavior of my customers in the same way, really being able to think about, okay, what level are they at within these seven distinct levels within this framework? Um, and how do I increase that level of engagement? How do I connect with them in a deeper, more meaningful way? Um, and so after doing that for about five years, I was, I felt a little bit disconnected because, you know, here I was as an educator and then I kind of like kind of cut that side off for a little bit and, and was really kind of deep into marketing events and branding. And, and then I said to myself, you know, how do I combine these two passions? Uh, and so I met my business partner, who's the CEO of Zappos, Tony Shea, at a conference that I was producing on the side uh, while I had a full-time job. I always kind of keep myself 
think a little too busy. Yeah, um, I was about to say, I'm just beginning to pick up a trend of like, yeah, so I was doing this full-time job and running this other company and uh, doing these 100 other things. So uh, yeah, it sounds like just yeah. a common theme. Just go ahead and assume any job you have, you're doing another four at the time. Yeah, so I took vacation days and produced this event called Summit Series. Um, this was eight years ago, so it was one of their first events. They're like a, they call themselves like a Ted and, well, it was like a Ted and Burning Man combined. It was on a cruise ship. Um, yeah, eight years ago. And I ended up doing another one the next year in Lake Tahoe where I met Tony. That was about seven and a half years ago. Um, and he was doing this whole revitalization project in downtown Vegas. Um, Zappos is, you know, was just acquired by Amazon and he um, took his $350 million cut from that acquisition deal decided to rebuild Vegas and move Zappos headquarters there. So this is a very long story, but it, it makes sense, I think, after you hear it all. Um, but uh, he was inviting people to come to downtown Vegas and learn about his project. And as a part of that project, you know, there was a there was an art and music festival. Um, and I had actually helped produce this music festival in, in New York City on the side as well. And then there was, you know, a school that he was opening. And then I was in education. There was all these restaurants and shops that he was investing in. And I was in the restaurant industry. And um, and he was really kind of doing all of these things that I had had experience with in all different parts of my life. Um, so when I learned more about the project and the initiative, I was really inspired by it. I went to Las Vegas. That's a whole other story. He didn't remember me. We can talk about that another time. Um, but he ended up from not remembering me to actually having a conversation with me and asking me who I was. Um, we ended up realizing that we had a lot uh, in common in terms of wanting to create experiences that educated, that inspired, um, that changed the way people think of themselves in the world. Um, and it wasn't necessarily just about selling a product. And so I started my company with him seven years ago with the intention to use my understanding of engagement, use my understanding of education, um, of really being able to create intentional connection with quote unquote customers, whether that's a student or an employee or an audience, whatever you may think. Um, and, and then really being able to have creative outputs like you know, social media campaigns, branding campaigns, like events, large experiential concepts, um, but really the creative outputs were secondary to being able to connect with that customer. And so, yeah, that was Catalyst Creative, and that was seven years ago, and that's kind of the short version somehow of the story <laughs> <laughs> love it love it so sensing a, sensing a common theme obviously the, the the work that you're doing is content creation kicking out a bunch of different just um, um, amazing quality of pieces of work for people but also like hearing a theme of you bouncing around all these different industries do you enjoy the concept of like putting together sort of the framework or do you enjoy more the creative side of the actual individual pieces of, of content? That's a great question. So Did, does that question Catalyst, make sense? I want to make sure at least. Yeah, it, yeah. It, okay, fully, cool. It fully makes sense. I mean, the company is called Catalyst Creative because it's this idea of catalyzing passive consumers into active participants in the world. Um, and then that creative is really being able to kind of activate this, this creative side that usually lies dormant within people. Um, and also it happens to be creative outputs, as I mentioned. So for me, I really do like both, but what I have been doing for seven years is I've really been utilizing my understanding of engagement as like my secret sauce um, and then allowing for it to um, fuel the decisions that we've made with Catalyst Creative for the creative output. So the, the work that we've done with clients thus far for the past, again, for seven years, has been, okay, you want an experience? Well, this is the experience that we're gonna design. Okay, you want a digital campaign? Here's a social media campaign that we're gonna design. Um, you want a website or a brand identity or whatever, like a logo, here's what we're gonna design. Um, and we use that framework again as our own 
secret method that allows for us to then determine what's the best creative output. Over the past year, um, as I've been writing the book, The Seventh Level, and also, again, as I really step back into what I'll talk about in, the, in a little bit, if you'd like, but the seventh, my own seventh level statement, I call it, um, you know, I really believe that everyone deserves the right to be inspired and to be educated. And I kind of, again, I always kind of like, you know, go between this branding, events, marketing self, and this education self, like it's a pendulum. So I'm trying to find myself somewhere in the middle. Um, and that is really educating people on that methodology and, and being able to provide insight into the way that they, you know, it's kind of teach a person how to fish or sell them fish. Like we've been really selling fish for seven years. And now I really want to teach people how to fish and um, set them up for success and guide them through a process that allows for them to think differently about the ways they're connecting with their own customers um, so that they can do it themselves. And it also then validates our creative work differently. You know, it creates a different conversation starter. So I, as I've been doing a lot of the creative side, um, but I really, really love the catalyst side, if you will. Um, and I think that it will actually make me enjoy the creative side more. I think I've, I think over doing the create creative side and always having to validate your work and prove your, prove your work and why you've made such decisions. I think it's taken the love that I, that I had initially for it. Um, I, it's kind of waned a little bit off. Um, but I feel that now again, by, by having this methodology, by having this framework and applying it to the creative, I can like both equally, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes complete sense. Do you uh, do you enjoy a blank canvas or do you enjoy working with an already existing, uh, say somebody already has a uh, creative stance or they, they've gone down a path th themselves? Do you enjoy sort of picking up the pieces to where they left off or do you enjoy a blank canvas? You know, I really love, we've worked with, with both companies in big ways. You know, we've worked with the companies like the, the big guys. Um, and, you know, sometimes when I, when a startup of like one person reaches out to us, they're like, well, we can't afford you because you work with Coca-Cola. And I'm like, no, that's not really how it works. So, you know, when it comes to like the Coca-Cola and the Googles of the world, we generally work within like a project uh, with those big companies because they're looking to reinvent something about the organization. Um, and if they really kind of need a team that's able to do all things as opposed to like their agencies of record, which are, you know, taking, they're still these like behemoth companies that are doing robust work. Sometimes they need like a nimble team to be able to do everything and, and turn around something quickly, but also in an effective way. So that's how we work with these big companies. So I like working with big companies in that way. Um, but I really, really do love to work with startups. Like, and I kind of say it's like, if it was from a zero to a 10, um, you know, I like working across the board. Um, but working with, with teams that are in the way beginning that, you know, have funding, but don't necessarily even have a name yet, or they don't even have like a logo or a brand identity or a mission statement or a tagline or a website. Like I, and I think the whole team love those projects because we could just, it's like, we're not going backwards. We're not like saying, okay, your house was built on sand. So now we have to like take off, take apart the bricks and go backwards. And like, you know, while you're still living in the house, like it's really much easier, but I, I do like both projects. I think there's positives and negatives to both. Obviously down with big companies, you do have the, you know, you have validity and credibility up front. So when you're working with companies like that, you know, the, the people that are attracted to those types of organizations are different than when you're working kind of in a more scrappy startup type experience. Um, so that's cool to have like way more resources and way more people. And, and again, that credibility factor, but with the startups, I like how, again, nimble they are, but also 
how much more malleable they are in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I think that's kind of answering your question, but it absolutely uh, does <laughs> for different reasons. That's fun. That's awesome. So I want to, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I want to, I want to go back to something that you talked about that I think is, turns the conversation in a, in a continued really awesome way. So you mentioned, uh, I think it was the seventh level of, yes. so dive into that, explain that. Sure. So the seventh level is my engagement framework that I developed when I was writing my thesis. And the seventh level is defined as literate thinking. It's when your personal values and beliefs align with a message. So what generally happens when it comes to any type of marketing or branding or any type of connection, again, with the customer is you're constantly striving for that seventh level, but you don't actually know it exists. So what ends up happening is you end up settling for lower levels of engagement. A lot of brands, you know, want likes, comments, followers, shares. That's how we have been defined as, you know, that's how we've defined engagement or how the tools have defined engagement for marketing, but that's actually level four. It's called structure dependent engagement. It's instruction based when you're asking someone to do something and they're doing it. Um, and, you know, in terms of, again, in a workplace, we're, we're thinking productivity, again, from a manager being able to ask someone to do something and they're doing it. That's still just level four. So there's each, each level has their own definition, meaning, um, and you can really, you, the framework works where we have an action and a question, a goal per level. And the whole purpose of the framework is for you to be able to look at each step and then say, okay, how do I go further? How do I go further? So that you're constantly, again, striving for that seventh level when your personal values and beliefs align. So like examples that I give are kind of the examples I think like most marketers give, but when you think of like the Nike, the Apple, the Googles of the world, um, you think of these, like, even like, I, I always use Harley Davidson as an example. Like when you Google Harley Davidson um, on Google images, there's like millions of people that have Harley Davidson tattoos on their bodies. Um, and that's just like crazy. Like they've branded themselves as a brand. So, you know, the fact that they have this logo on them is this, this connection to what Harley Davidson stands for. And with Apple, it's this idea of, again, things different and what that, that connection to, you know, what Apple and, and what Steve Jobs really created in terms of that brand identity. So we're all striving for that connection. Um, we just, again, don't necessarily know that. Um, and so we're kind of like in the dark, just like trying to find our way, navigate our way. And especially with all these new tools and tricks and things available to us, I think we're even more confused than ever. So the seventh level is this step-by-step -step roadmap and process that allows for people to think differently about the way that they're connecting with the people they want to connect with. So for the, 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 the totally lost person out there, quick context, and then I'll, I'll lead into the question. So yeah, one of the sure. things with, uh, so I run a startup and it, it's a, it's a tech startup in the talent acquisition HR space. And so I get oh, the awesome. pleasure of running into tons of, uh, job seekers, people just totally lost in their career all the way to people wanting to start companies. And for some reason, I get the chance to talk to these just amazing people. So the question I want to ask is the, the person out there who's totally stuck, lost in like their career, but more sort of trying to reinvent themselves, whether it's like fresh out of college or mid forties and like going through this midlife crisis and want to change careers, like what would be the starting point to building that framework to ultimately get to that seventh level? I mean, does that person like, do you, do you just take three weeks into the woods and just go disappear and, and you <laughs> no. sit in process? Do you, do you, do you dive in, you know, I, it, like what would be your, yeah. like, what's the first step that you can take? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would love to, I would personally love to go to the woods. For, this, this is a part of my personal story is when I was going through um, that my, my job to being able to then start my company, 
I didn't have the ability to like go off and I, I went to India for like six days. That was like my first vacation that I've ever Can you taken even get in, to like, India years. in six days? It was horrible. I literally <laughs> took an economy flight that was like 22 hours and like went for six days and it was totally insane. That's like a whole story of how that changed my life. But And you probably had I, a side job while you were doing it too, right? <laughs> well, I had a full-time job. It was, like, it was like my first vacation, like other than like again, working at Summit Series, it was my first actual vacation where I went and took a proper vacation and didn't have my phone for the first time in years. And I couldn't like, you know, I couldn't really take time off. So I was really trying out new things on the side, like Summit Series and like, you know, producing this festival that I mentioned before um, in Central Park and all these different things on the side because I, I didn't have time to go off and kind of find myself and I I mean if you can and you have the means do it but I needed to like financially support myself so I need to figure out something in between but when it comes to the book and the way these levels work and it's really interesting for because we the whole book is broken out by each level so the way that the seven levels are broken out is we broke them out into three buckets um and are, are you familiar with HubSpot by chance like an inbound Oh yeah, that's what we, that's okay. as a startup that is our sales CRM. <laughs> oh, awesome! So oh, yeah. yeah, so they're they have broken out their marketing flywheel into attract, engage, delight. So we broke out our levels into attract, which are the bottom three levels, which I can talk about. Um, engage, which are the middle two levels, and then delight, which are the top two levels. Um, and the way that it works, the entire book is broken out into the levels, and you're you're actually learning about each level and how to be able to then again use it as a step by step process. And then it's also broken out into internal customers, which are your employees, and external customers, which are your audience. So I actually went through all the levels um, around talent recruiting and being able to use these levels around what are the things that you could think about, you know, again, across the board from one all the way to seven. So I can talk a little bit about the levels and then how someone could be like, again, who's just starting out and has no idea what they want to do with their life can use these levels. Would that be helpful if I like actually told you what each of them meant? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess ultimately like the, I think understanding the framework is super helpful. And I think the idea here is like just the, the person who, is motivated enough to change, but just like, eh, I don't like the framework of that, but like motivated enough to say like, I know I need to improve or I need to make a change. They just don't know what to do. And I guess like, it sounds like this framework is a pretty sweet one. And so I'd love, yeah. So share as much as you'd like, obviously, whatever you feel comfortable with. For sure. Yeah. And I think again, it's like, I, I'm pretty extreme when it comes to like my, way of thinking about growth like i feel like you're either growing or you're dying so and that's gosh like i completely I, like, agree i i have there's yeah, yeah i completely agree <laughs> so it's something that i've had to learn like i just have to keep growing and you know that doesn't mean that you can't rest like i think there's a time for resting as well and for and for using giving yourself space to be able to let the lessons that you learn set in that's not what i'm saying but it's if you're not looking at you know okay so let me talk about the levels and how they work because the whole framework is around how do you grow and how do you better yourself versus blaming others for not understanding you for not hiring you for not wanting to work with you it's around how do i improve so the first level is called disengagement and the, the way that the framework works is you're looking at how you're connecting with someone else so or you know again maybe it's you're looking for a job and you're going to use these levels as a way to get a job maybe you're looking to launch a product and you're going to use these levels to launch a product Maybe you're looking to recruit someone, you're gonna use these levels to recruit someone. So you kind of look at an overall problem that you're trying to solve and then you use the levels as stepping stones. So the first level is disengagement. And it's defined as when someone is avoiding your idol from a task at hand. So the way to look at it is you actually come up with, again, an action and a question and a goal. So if I was someone that's kind of looking to start out um, a company or a concept or you know something that I was passionate about, I would start to look at, okay, 
what does it look like when someone is disengaged from that? Like it's kind of looking at so often, I think as entrepreneurial thinkers, we just like go into these ideas and we're like, everyone's going to love it. But you really don't know that for a fact. And like, I gave a talk a long time ago around something called the three P's. So this idea of like following your passion, having a sense of purpose, um, you know, and like being able to, again, solve. And then, well, this is, is this idea of having, following your passion, having a sense of purpose. This is actually four P's, but whatever. Passion, <laughs> uh, profit, being able to actually make money from that and then solving a world problem. So you're not just like, I love it. So everyone else will. So disengagement is asking yourself, you know, why would someone be disengaged? Um, and then it's being able to actually have, again, an action, which would be someone is avoiding, you know, working with me, or someone is scrolling past my Instagram ad, or someone doesn't answer my LinkedIn message, or someone, you know, it's all these actions of disengagement. And then the questions would be, well, is my customer on LinkedIn? Or, you know, who is my actual customer? And where are, what channels and tools are they using? And what time of day? So it's all around who you're talking to and how you're talking to them. And then goals would be setting yourself up for success. So at disengagement, it's all around, again, knowing who your customer is. So it's this idea of who creating customer personas, um, being able to really do a competitive analysis, like identifying who that customer is before you actually, you start again, trying to connect with everyone and anyone. To start out with the seventh level framework, you kind of backtrack a bit. I, I kind of step right into the levels and you start with your own seventh level statement. And what that means is before you can connect with someone else and their personal values and beliefs, you have to know your own. So there's a process that we have within the book and there's all these free resources online. We have like create your own seventh level statement um, blog post that you can just type it all in and it creates a statement for you. But it's what do you stand for? What do you believe in? Why do you exist? Um, and it creates the statement that then you use when thinking about that first level, which is who is my customer? The second level, we're only on this, again, this bucket of attract. The second level is unsystematic engagement, when someone is confused by the messaging. So in this case, you're now starting to think about what you're saying to them. So one, who's your customer? Where are they? How are you talking to them? Two, what are you saying to them? What are the words you're using? How are you ensuring that you're not using jargon? Um, so often, I think, you know, if you're in talent recruitment, I mean, like you have all these jargony words, I'm sure that... Even like my dad. Goodness, the number of like three letter <laughs> acronyms that are just thrown yes. around all the time. So insane. So it's the ATS system and the HCM space that we're playing in exactly. is just, I mean, it's like, it's like, I, I find myself, it's really, it's interesting you mentioned that. I mean, it's, I, I find myself literally in the midst of a conversation trying to figure out is, does this person know these spaces and, and am I be like dummying it way too far down or does this person have no idea what these acronyms mean and do I then have to go explain them? And it's fascinating going exactly. back and forth. Uh, yeah. And when you think about it like that, you actually think about it where, you know, when you have the levels to use, you're like, if I have to go back and explain them, then I'm keeping them at level two. And the problem with level two is most people won't tell you that they don't understand because they feel stupid and inferior. So they're just going to say yes. And then you don't actually know that they, that you're not, you know, you're trying to sell them on something, but they're already, they're only at level two out of seven. So you're really now limiting yourself in the way that you're communicating with them and you don't even know it. So it's making sure, like there was, I was once actually on a podcast and we had a conversation around the difference between a leader saying, does this make sense? And I did it earlier, like try not to, even on this conversation, but does this make sense? Or did I explain that clearly? When you say that, did I explain that clearly? The leader then puts the ownership on themselves. And then the individual they're talking to isn't in a position where they, you know, feel stupid. 
Um, and they say like, oh, yes. So that's the unsystematic engagement level is, again, making sure that you're, you're not using jargon. You're clearly con connecting with this individual in a way that makes sense based on not only, again, not just who the customer is. You're not changing yourself, but you're using your seventh level statement to connect with that customer. And then the third level frustrated engagement is when, when someone wants to engage with you, but they're distracted. So now you're thinking about limiting distractions for your customer. What is that journey that you're creating for them? How are you connecting with them? How are you not building out things that don't make sense? sense for them. So, you know, as you're building out your website, you don't want to have a pop-up ad that says like, you know, come to this event if you're really wanting them to like buy a purse. Like, you know, you want to make sure that it's relevant to the individual. So as a step-by-step -step process, this is like where you start. You literally, we have like a full worksheet that you can fill out. One is being able to really look at what does it look like when someone's disengaged and then create an action question goal and so on and so on. So this is around attracting your future customers. Um, and this can really be, again, if your future customer is a job, you can use this process to do that. And your seventh level statement can be what you stand for in an interview process. I, I did a workshop with seven engineers um, around this. And the biggest thing that I talked to them about was as they're even talking about, you know, their skills within, you know, within their interviews to not just focus on, you know, engineering jargon, but also be able to speak with a normal person so that they know that they, that they're not it's amazing just being able to have like a, a, a normal dialogue. <laughs> but it's true because they have all this jargon. They're speaking math. My husband, you know, my husband went to coding school and one of his skill sets is being able to speak in two different languages and being able to translate between because it's a different language. So we all have our different languages. So that's just one, two, and three. So I can keep going on how that then builds off for four and five and six and seven, but you're starting with this very, and that's what I like about this too, where it's not just like, you know, ambiguous, like nebulous type, you know, oh, exactly what you just said. Like, should I go off and take a trip or should I like, that was a big thing for me where I was like, where do I begin? Like, there's so many things I could do and I don't know where to start. And it's like, okay, you start with just like, what do you stand for? What do you believe in? And then you ask yourself these questions. So that's how you attract your customer. Would you like me to move on to how you're then engaging with your customer? I would love you to. Can't wait. This is awesome. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So four and five is around engaging with your customers. So once you've attracted them, and in the book, I actually, have you ever seen When Harry Met Sally, the movie? Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, you say, of course, but I ask lots of audiences, and it really depends on the age group. It's very depressing. A lot of people <laughs> have not seen the movie. But it's actually been our, it was our 30th year anniversary this year, uh, which I didn't even know. It was very coincidental. But in the book, I, I break out their whole relationship into the levels. So you can actually see a relationship from one all the way to the seventh level. Um, and so at this dumb point, question, you know, dumb question, dumb <laughs> question. Yeah. Sure. On that note, is is like one through seven on the scale of like a healthy relationship in the context of that, or would like could you have an amazing relationship at a three? That's a great question. So I think it's more like the every relationship kind of goes. I think through these levels. Um, and when I actually talk about relationships, like the, this book, the seventh level is not a relationship book. Like people, it is a book about relationships, but it really focuses on your relationships with your customers, internal and external. And then we, I use when Harry met Sally as an example, because I think it's hysterical, but a lot of people end up, you know, hearing me give a talk or they end up, you know, reading something or hearing something. They're like, this can be about my significant other. Um, and I do end up, it ends up changing the way that you think about dating and the way that you think about your relationship with your husband or wife or whatever. So I would say that frustrated engagement level three is always something that happens in a relationship all the time. And it also happens with your customers all the time. There's always opportunities for distraction. So you're striving. I always say, as long as you're striving for the seventh level, 
with everyone. You'll you'll get to different levels with different people, but you're you're at least striving for higher levels of engagement with everyone that you connect with. Sometimes my husband and I, you know, we work together um, as well as we obviously live together and we're married and we have a lot going on together. And I can now use these levels as a way to express when I want to be at a higher level of engagement. So like if we're on our phones all the time or if the TV's on, I'm like, I feel like we are stuck at a level three right now. So I need us to like turn the television off. You'll learn about four, but like turn the TV off, put your phone away so that we can get to higher levels of engagement. Um, so, you know, yes, you can have a successful relationship. I think again, if you're striving towards a seventh level, you're recognizing that you're, there's always going to be distractions, but you're not settling for these lower levels of engagement. I do not think that a relationship is sustainable um, when you're just settling for three and being like, oh, well, this is my life. So sucks for us. But if you're, it's fascinating to, grow, to think about, well, I just one thing I one thing I wanted to add to that real yeah, quick. It's fascinating to think sure. about sort of like the other person's motivation to get to that level seven, where some people really really care about it and some people don't. Like for example, I've got um, long story short, I have a friend. Actually, one of my previous podcast guests uh, owns a film studio in Atlanta, and he's really deep and philosophical, and he he's done very well in real estate. But one of the things he said to me was, um, you need, before we do any work together, before we go on any deals together, anything like that, you need to go to Onsite, which is in Nashville, which is like this uh, deep kind of contemplative interpersonal work before we work together. So that that way you can come out with an answer to what's like your ultimate motivation before we can work together. And I, I yeah. like at first was like, uh, like I, I love the concept <laughs> and I love the idea, but like, it was interesting most relationships don't start with like a hyper deep level. And then like, they start kind of step-by-step like, okay, let's hang out. And if it's like dating, okay, I kind of like you. Okay. Let's spend some more time. Okay. Boom. Done. Well, like where it's interesting to sort of be thinking about this is like, okay, what's the core. And then like, let's backtrack accordingly. So I, I I like it. I like it. That's my only. Yeah. (laughs) And and we, and we actually, we start the way the catalyst started was we created these experiences called Catalyst Week and Creative Weeks twice a month, every month for two and a half years. And we invited people from all over the country and the world to come to downtown Vegas for three days and be immersed within downtown Vegas. And they would really get to know each other from this like deep place. And they would give these inspiring talks and they would like give their time, energy and effort to us and to the community of downtown Vegas and, you know, to each other. And so we kind of did it in a similar way where we asked people to like strive towards that seventh level. And it took them some time while they were there, but it was really incredible for us from a business perspective because people would just leave that and be like, okay, how do we work with you? Like now, you know, I think when you don't necessarily have something like that, it's really, you're starting from ground zero. And I, I talk about this as well with the book around once you have those seventh level customers, it's really important that you keep them. Um, but I'll start with four now. So, okay. So we're past, attract now we're in the engaged session and four is structured dependent engagement which i mentioned before which is um instruction-based engagement so it's essentially like when you're telling someone to do something and they're doing it so with marketing i I always again talk about the the tools telling us that this is what engagement looks like likes comments followers share you know comment below like this post share this download this like it's very much low barrier to entry um low sacrifice and so with, with this, it's, it's and also, again, in the workplace, I already talked about this as well. Um, it's about being able to really have clear call to actions on what you're asking your customer to do in a simple way, but have it still relate back to your seventh level statement. So in the book, I talk about Netflix um, as an example. I love, have you ever, do you follow them on social media or? Yeah, yeah. I do. Okay. So I'm actually like, I don't even use, this is a whole thing about me, but I don't even like personally have social media because 
I'm only on LinkedIn. I'm obsessed with LinkedIn and then everything else I'm, I'm not really um, obsessed with for my own personal life. But for business, I obviously have to kind of like be somewhat on social media to keep yeah. up with like trends. Um, so Netflix is, is one example for me that I love. And the way that they do something on Twitter um, around they ask their following what – feelings there like what kind of emotions they're having and, and then they recommend movies based on those emotions so they'd be like you know are you sad or then someone would be like i want to watch a rom-com and they'd recommend a rom-com and when you look at kind of what they stand for on their site like i came to the conclusion that like their seventh level statement is something like you know content should be personal so then when they're looking at that level four social media strategy and they're, they're having these simple call to actions it's based on what they stand for it's not just like you know, I think sometimes brands try to just come up with things to be popular and try to get people to interact with them and engage with them, but it's, it doesn't have anything to do with like how they're driving business or how they're building the relationship. So that level four engagement, same thing with, by the way, with micromanaging, it's like, do this, do that, do this, but to what end? Like it needs to, it needs to be towards something bigger than just this idea of do this, do that. So, but the four should exist. So when I talk about the framework as well, it's not this idea of like with the seventh level, the seventh level can sometimes be um, this, if when you kind of think about it again, I go back to what you said, like, do I just go away for three weeks and like kind of find myself? That's very overwhelming to people. And I think sometimes when we have books that are, um, that have these like bigger than life theories, um, people like really are attracted to them and they're like, yeah, I can do that. But then it's like so hard for them because they're like, but it's, I don't know where to start or what to do or how to get there. And like, and they kind of then kind of give up. So in this case, it's like four is still an important part of workplace, important part of life. Like do this, do that is not bad. It's just four. It's not necessarily like seven. So we're, we're building the relationship slowly. We've attracted our customer. We know who we're talking to, how we're talking to them, and we're limiting the distractions. Now we're telling them, you know, simple things to do in order to be able to interact with us. Now we're at five. Sometimes what happens with customers is when we want them to do more for us, like we want them to like share something on social of their own personal story, or we want them to, you know, re recruit some, you know, someone else to work for our company, or they need some type of incentive. So five is called self-regulated interest, when you're piquing someone's interest and getting them excited. So in that way, it's, you know, in a, in a workplace, it's commissions, it's bonuses, it's extra vacation days. Um, it's, you know, again, within marketing, I talk about sweepstakes, influencer marketing. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of different ways of thinking about how are you, it's like the what's in it for me. It's like, what's the carrot that you're offering? And this is all, again, fine. And it, it has a role within your, within your organization and within your life. So again, as you're starting a company, building a brand, wanting to find a job, like there's there's always going to be what's in it for you, but it's thinking also about what's in it for the other individual. You're always thinking about how am I connecting with this other person, idea, concept, um, and how am I helping to think about what would excite them, not just what's in it for me. So also in the book, I talk about, you know, when people ask for raises, I think it's very necessary for people to self-advocate, and that is important. But I also think that, you know, when you're going to ask for a raise, it's not just you saying like, well, I just need this because this is like the lifestyle that I have and I, I want more money. It's saying, this is what I've done for the company and this is what's in it for the company. And by investing in me, I'm going to be able to do this and that. And so it's, it's like this two-way street. So now I think on, on that with, note, I think one of the yeah. best, like one of the best ways to negotiate is to understand the other person's thesis and where they're coming from and be able to speak specifically to that and almost spend more time talking about like 
whatever you're negotiating, how it's benefiting them to do what ultimately you're offering. I think done well, you don't even need to really spend time on your ask. You spend more time talking about how it's going to benefit them. And I've just found that to be way like when it comes to, you know, forming different partnerships or even just like selling a product, it like the, the entire time spent on like understanding the other person's thesis or like the benefit they're getting out of it. I, I found to be way more beneficial than like, Hey, this is for me. And this is uh this is what I want out of it. Yeah. I think again, and that's what this framework is about, you know, at two, at level two, it's not like for systematic engagement, it's not like, Oh, okay. Well, they just don't understand me because they are, you know, they're stupid. It's like, no, I'm not speaking in a way that they would understand. And the point of communicating is for someone to receive my message. So how am I going to, to better myself to clearly communicate to that person so they understand yep. it's not blaming others same thing with again five it's not like well this is what i want it's like how can i create a relationship with someone and get them to be excited about what i'm communicating so that we can form a connection so the whole entire thing is around again connection um so now you've interacted and engaged with your customers so now it's at this point where you're you're trying to delight them again you're always striving for that seventh level you're not necessarily with you're always thinking about your seventh level statement throughout this entire process even at level four and five you're not just like seeing what works um trying to be cool trying to be someone you're not you're really trying to you know go back to that north star that guiding force of what you stand for and connect from that place but now you're you know you're at these higher levels of engagement which is six and seven and with recruiting this is a big thing with six which is you're inspiring someone to set goals to, to make a difference in their life so you know a new job a new opportunity like they need to really think about you're connecting with them with this place of higher levels of engagement but you can't just start with six you know that's that's the whole point of i think validating the work that everyone anyone who's trying to market anything to anyone trying to sell anything to anyone is which is every single person ever because sales is a meaningful transaction between two human beings and everyone's trying to sell something even if it's like a first date um but it's hard it's not just like especially with with how much we're inundated with so many messages like it's much harder now so this shows like hey the reason why i you know you're going to hire me to do this versus just do it yourself is because it does take these levels it does take this much time so at six inspiring someone to set goals to transform their life you know again if you're like a young person trying to start a company and you're using these levels as a step-by-step process at this point it's really around being able to share your goals share your values share what you really kind of again what are the what are the things that you're doing that would change the way someone is thinking about the things that they're doing so in the book we have a online mattress company as an example and we kind of made up like a seventh level statement for them around like I think it was like empowering everyone to believe in the value of sleep. I don't know. We made something up. Um, but at this level, we talked about like, you know, a company that's an online mattress company could come up with like a series around, um, you know, practices around better sleep. And that can be a content series around educating the customer around better sleep and what they could do. And it's not just about selling the product. Or, you know, we talk about, are, are you familiar with REI, that brand? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Did you see by chance their opt-out side campaign? Uh, I don't a few know years ago. I did, you might but not. I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was a while ago. Yeah. You should definitely look it up. Really? I cool. will. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll take um, a look. REI, REI did something called Opt Outside. And um, what that was, it was a campaign around, um, so it was on, let's, let me think of this. It was on uh, Black Friday a few years ago. And they shut out, they shut down all their stores for that Friday so they could let their employees um, be with their families and be in nature. Because I that's did. What they really yes, I did see. I did yes. see this. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. No, and what it did, it, their customers loved it. 
seen this huge sensation. They pretty much built a whole brand around it. They have like a whole website now of, you know, how to opt outside, what it means to connect with nature. Um, and that was this idea of, again, helping people set goals to make a difference in their life. But it was really based on how they set goals to make a difference in their own life. So at this level, it's, it's really walking the walk. Um, and it's not just this like marketing campaign, sharing your quote unquote, cor- you know, your corporate values, it's living by those values and then communicating that. So that's at six. And then finally, you're at the seventh level when you're literate, again, literate thinking, personal values and beliefs align. And that is what you've been striving for the whole time. And that's when people are really like obsessed with your brand, sharing about you, they care about you. You know, I've heard people, I've worked with clients before where they said like, you know, our customers will defend us at all costs. Um, you know, if someone were to say something on social media, they come in and actually like fight for us. And I talk about like Beyonce's fans do this and Lady Gaga's monsters do this, but real companies have customers that do this. Or, oh you know, my goodness! Do you are... know? Do you know Gary? Do you know Gary V? For example, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I commented on one of his posts that, like, simply that, like, I uh, disagreed with his stance. It wasn't hating on him. It wasn't like, I, like, I actually, I actually appreciated <laughs> yeah. what he was saying. I just simply was disagreeing. I had probably a hundred people, some thoughtful and some just blindly following, rip me apart for that. Which was, it was like one of those things where it was like, okay, I appreciate his fan base, but. Goodness gracious, well, chill out, you know chill what? out, everybody. It's such an interesting <laughs> thing. It's like, you know, you have, you have these people that I think I've talked to, I've talked to people about this when I was in the restaurant industry, you know, Yelp is like a perfect example where there's people like obsessed or there's just like haters. And like, sometimes the, when I say the opposite of engagement is actually not disengagement, it's apathy. Like sometimes there's just people that are just haters. Like they just want to attack everyone. And like, they're just on Yelp, like attacking every business. Cause they're just like, they're angry and they're not, you're not, they're not really able to be like saved. But some yeah. people, sometimes people are like frustrated, engaged. Um, where again, they want to engage with a distraction, maybe their food was cold, or, you know, maybe their experiences, whatever, and so you can reach them. But at these higher levels of engagement, I actually would say the people that were having thoughtful conversations with you, uh, and you know, Gary Vee is a very polarizing figure, you know, I think for him. And <laughs> bad I, example, I actually, probably, I, bad example, probably. <laughs> no, but actually, it's a perfect example, because, you know, I once wrote a post on LinkedIn, and I said, like, if Gary Vee was a woman, or like a person of color, do you think he'd be able to get away with what he gets away with? Um, and it was like a really amazing, like very highly engaging post with like hundreds of people commenting. And, and it was really thoughtful. And a lot of men, a lot of white men said, no, I don't think that would be the case. Like that is Gary V's persona. And he, he has these extremely highly engaged fans, you know, and I think that's exactly right. But some of those fans are probably just people that again, kind of want to like create a fight and they're probably at these lower levels of engagement. They're like, you know, let's just like, I'm on here and I'm ready to go and I'm ready to fight. I'm just like, just, I'm just bored. Just, give me, just give me somebody to rip apart. Just give me exactly. somebody. <laughs> and some people are really at these higher levels of engagement because Gary has inspired them to set goals, to make a difference in their life. And they have, they identify with him and they connect with him. And, and I think for Gary, you know, I talk about Nike as an example too, but with Gary, it's like, Gary's the type of person that would, he doesn't care about pissing off these lower level engaged people because he wants to keep those people at those highest levels of engagement happy. And again, everyone has a different strategy to do so. He can get away with it because he was like the first to do that. Um, But I think that that's something to think about where it's like, again, like, yes, like Beyonce's fans will come to her rescue if someone does anything about her. Same thing with Lady Gaga. And like, as, those are extreme examples, as I mentioned, same thing with Gary Vee, but like the, the lesser examples are that these people will help you build your business. 
and they will help you, you know, they'll share on your behalf without you asking them to, and they'll refer business to you without you asking them to, and they'll feel committed and connected to what you really believe in. And they know that connection because they believe in it too. Um, and I think that is, again, that's what we're all striving for, but so often when we are starting a business or we want a job and, you know, I did, I gave a talk. Um, at Inbound, which is how the Spots Conference, around how the seventh level framework was applied into a work setting. And I asked the audience, like, what they want from a place of work. And it was like, you know, I want learning and growth and connection. And, and I was like, who is getting all of these things from work? And, like, no one raised their hand. I'm like, this is so much pressure that we have now in our for our jobs. Like, you know, my dad works for my company. Um, and he was, and I was going to say this before about unsystematic engagement, like he doesn't understand. We had to change the jargon completely with him because he was like, what are you talking about? What's a deck? What's Slack? What's, you know, like we had to like teach him. Um, but he went to work and he got a paycheck and then he went home. Um, and now we're looking, because we have this phone that follows, we're looking for so much more from our workplaces. And so, you know, it, we can't just start there though. We have to build that relationship with our employees or with potential employees or with our employers or so if we all kind of use this framework to better ourselves and to think, how can I connect at these higher levels? I feel that we'll get a lot farther than where we are today. Love it. It's awesome. I, uh, I'm excited to read the book. Yep. It's out. It's out on Tuesday. So <laughs> it's, and, and actually we, we have for the first week only, we have um, the publisher has allowed for us to have a 99 cent ebook for that first week. So we will send you, we'll make sure you're on the list and you can get that and you can send it out to all the listeners. Heck yeah, happy to. Um, yeah. So my favorite question on the planet and one that I, I think that we've we've touched on kind of in a, in a spread out way, but I, I want to like, just my absolute favorite question on the planet is what is it that gets you out of bed in the morning the most? So understanding sort of the seven different layers and, and help seven different levels and helping people get mm -hmm. there. For, for, for you, like what is it that truly just gets you fired up the influence that you, you, you hope to have on people and ultimately what helps you get out of bed in the morning. So, yeah, I think, I think for me, it's this idea of helping people change the way they think about themselves um, and the role that they have in making a difference in their own life. Um, I think that sometimes it's really easy, you know, things have happened to me throughout my life that, you know, I could have been like, I'm a victim and, you know, now I'm going to shut down and the world is against me. and It's so unfair. And things have happened, you know, in my life that are incredible and amazing. But I think it's because even with those things that are, you know, what other others would perceive as negative, it's again, to me, an opportunity to, to grow and to, to be this better version of me and to think of it in a way that's like, okay, well, how, how is it making me, how is it making me better? Um, and I think again, with these levels and having this structure, again, when you're striving towards the seventh level, when you're striving towards this highest version of yourself and this highest connection with others, and, and we're starting in the places where we are most, which is work. Um, and which is again, which is business because it's, business is just everywhere now. Anyone could start a company with, with a Squarespace site. Um, it's really exciting to me to change the way people think about their role within all of this. Um, and also, it's really exciting for me, you know, to give people this process that really, you know, anyone could wrap their head around. It's, it's, it's in, in practice, it's, I think it's in theory, it's a little bit easier to wrap your head around than in actual practice. But what it does is it changes the way people think about engagement and the way that think, people think about connection. So to me, that's like the most exciting thing. If people just start to use these levels and be like, you know, again, when they're at the dinner table with their loved ones and everyone's on their phone, and it's not emotional. It's not a fight. It's like, oh, we're, we're frustrated and engaged. 
let's put our phones away so we can get to higher levels of engagement instead of a whole fight about why you don't want them on your phone and hey but they're but you're on their phone and taking it personally and so if I can give people a way to just better themselves and have better relationships with each other that's that's to me the best thing that would get me out of bed every morning I love it. That's amazing. And I, I really like the unemotional portion of that. I mean, it's funny how if you're having a conversation with somebody and they're on their phone and you politely say, you know, hey, are you willing to not, you know, be on your phone during the conversation? There, there's something emotionally charging about that, but it's not necessarily oh, yeah. a very emotional ask. So it's just interesting. I, I, I love the framework in the context that it's also driving towards like very factual base in even in emotionally charged scenarios, which I think is pretty cool. Yes. And I am very emotional. Like I'm a very <laughs> emotional person. I, I cry about everything. Like I'm very sensitive. I feel, but I also, that's kind of why I like this too, because it helps me express what I want without, without the personal attack feeling. Like, cause when you ask someone to go off their phone, they feel attacked and they're like, well, you're always on your phone. Well, what is that? Like, but when you say like, Hey, listen, this is, this is a moment of frustrated engagement. I just want to get to like this next level with you. They're like, okay, that makes sense. And same thing with client relationships. Like, now I'm when I'm teaching clients about the levels, it's less like he said, she said, or this is my opinion versus this is your opinion. It's like, we're just at this level. This is the work that we're doing at this level. What level do you want to get to? Like, I'm trying to strive towards the seventh level. So we need to do this, this, and this. If you're cool with just keeping people at level five for this campaign, that's fine. But that's a different tactic than if we're trying to get them to the seventh level. So by using this language, it's just this ubiquitous way of understanding each other versus like everyone just yelling at each other and no one ever really knowing what anyone means ever. And that's what, and that's what people <laughs> cry a lot too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And not in a good way. I yeah, cry exactly. In a good way. Oh, okay, <laughs> yes, good, good, good. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I cry because I like feel emotional, or I like feel sensitive, I feel someone's feelings. Like I just cry because to me it's like a way of actually being in touch with. Like I used to not cry, and I used to be like, I will not cry. It's not professional. And now I'm just like, no, I'm I'm a sensitive person. I'm in tune with myself. So if someone tells me a story and I feel for them, I will cry. I don't care at all. I actually wrote an article that said, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote an article that said, um, it's my job and I can cry if I want to. So yes, send that to me. I'd, lo I'd love to read that <laughs> yeah awesome. i will cool well amanda is there anything else you want to leave leave the audience with uh no i i think that i mean i, I guess if i would, were to say one thing i would say with this book it's something that if you know let's just say like you don't you're not ready to make like a financial investment or whatever it may be or you're you don't want to read a whole book like we have so many free resources on the dash seventh level spelled out.com um that that's like all we have a, we're gonna have a whole learning center that's launching on tuesday with like right now we have free worksheets and free training guides we have a three-hour free course with hubspot um we have just so many like we have that free create your own seventh level statement we have blog posts and then we're creating even more um on tuesday so you know go to the site and, and just take what you need from this and and be able to utilize it how you want and and yeah and reach out to me if you have any questions i'm obsessed with linkedin as i said and I'm available on LinkedIn, but yeah, that, that would probably be my last thing is, um, you know, the book is one, one way of interacting with it. It's probably the easiest way because it, it breaks it out in a really simple way. But if you want to start with a lower level of engagement and uh, get some free resources, feel free to go to the site. That's awesome. And I'll make sure when we, when we post out the podcast, all those links uh, to the book and the resources are included so people can find that pretty easily. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you for having me. This was an awesome conversation.